Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi there. You're very welcome to another video here on Narcon with Remy and myself, where we deal with all things in relation to narcissists and understanding them so that we can avoid them going forward and process our relationship that we may have had the misfortune of having with a narcissist. So today I'd like to, at the end of the podcast, um, go into um, a support structure that we have here on the channel called the Buddy Programme. And I'll explain that um, at the end of the video for anyone that's interested. So let's get into it. How does the narcissist process your success post-discard? So after they've discarded you, I'm going to discuss a little bit about the discard in relation to the narcissist's behavior pattern and what it actually means to them in terms of control. And then I think I've eight points down on what happens or how do they process or what do they do when they hear that you're successful and doing really great um, post discard. I know some people will say, Paula, I don't give a rats, whatever, what the narcissist is doing post-discard. I don't even want to think about them, hear about them, or have anything to do with them. But if you're like me and you're fascinated by the whole crazy setup and the whole different way of being, inhuman, unhuman way of behaving, um, you may like to know what does the narcissist do post-discard. And it can be helpful in case they contact you again, which they will invariably do, um, at least 95% of the time the narcissist returns to the scene of the crime. So anyway, let's get into it. I'll first of all describe the discard and the reasons, kind of the reasons in relation to the behaviour of the narcissist, why they do it, because that will also help explain when they hear about how well you're doing, how this comes into play as well. For anybody that is just starting off on their journey and they've just been discarded, I am not underestimating how very difficult this is, how you may very well be in survival mode, hang on in there. This particular podcast, I hope, will give you the hope to know that you will succeed after a narcissist has left you. You will succeed faster if you get the education, really get it into your head what you were through and how the narcissist processes things and how they feel about things, because that will depersonalize the experience for you. And also depends, the speed of your recovery depends on the amount of self-work you do and basically your drive to go forward and succeed in life. And that takes a while to get back. So do not knock yourself if you're still months into the recovery process and it's so slow that you barely feel, you know, any change, it will be there. Look on it at a three month stage, I'd say, and reflect back on where you are today as opposed to where you were three months ago and Godspeed. So 
The discard is literally about the narcissist feeling their control is threatened. They're feeling that they're not getting supply, particularly from their intimate partner, as easy as they did before. The intimate partner, the penny's dropping literally, and the intimate partner is starting to put in some boundaries. They're realizing they've been taken for a ride. They know that definitely there is something wrong with this person and they're just not as invested and they're not as easy to control anymore. And they may actually be giving back cheek to the narcissist. And of course we know Mr. or Mrs. Narcissist will not tolerate anybody saying no to them or talking back to them. So the narcissist's first port of regaining control and protecting their image and their mask, because you chipping away at it is a threat to their control. You kind of pointing out faults with it or saying it's not quite good enough or could they come up with some love and affection for you? Well, that's just not on. So the narcissist's first port of call is to deny if they're accused or feel threatened, even if it's only a perceived threat to their control. Their first port of, port of call is to deny that there's anything wrong with them, deny that they have to improve, deny what you're saying if you're accusing them, actually accusing them of something. Their next port of call is to blame shift, to say it's your fault. Whatever you're unhappy about is your fault, your problem and nothing to do with them. And the third assertion of control is to withdraw from a situation, to walk away. So literally, the discard has probably gone through those three stages and the walk away is the discard, so to speak. Now, that translates into the next stage for the narcissist after they've left you what's actually going on, besides the fact that they're probably grooming or installing themselves, enmeshing themselves with a new supply, whether it's a family member, whether it's their children, whether it's an act actually a new partner. The first port of call where they tried to regain control was to deny, to deny that there was anything wrong in the relationship in relation to what they were doing. So that translates into the trajectory of them presenting the mask as a hero victim. They tried very hard to rehabilitate you and they couldn't and you were very abusive to them. So the, the denial is fed through to the next stage with the narcissist, even when you are not present. Obviously, the blame shift is the next part of it, and that's the smear campaign. So this is this behavior pattern translates from one level to the next level with the narcissist just to give you a picture of where they are before we go into the dastardly news of your success when you're not meant to succeed after the narcissist has left you the next thing is you know the next stage was the withdrawal and this is this is also going on and this can escalate after they've left you into a blocking you not answering emails not providing closure and literally blocking themselves off from anything you can say because they do not want to be accountable in any way their new fake reality is what they're driving themselves into and the perception of you is going to be you're the failure they know that you're going to be in pain. While they may not know what motivates their own behavior, some of them do, they know that their behavior has the 
same result in each relationship, whether it's familial, workplace or intimate. So they know that it's going to take you a long time to recover from this relationship and that empowers them. Disgusting as it is, that empowers them. So their expectation of you is that you're a failure. You're all the things that they said you were. You're, as some channels call it, you're definitely painted black. You're painted into the worst person on the earth and all the problems in the whole world are caused by you and you alone. Nothing they did was wrong. So that's where they're at. They're expecting you to be suffering. They're expecting you to be now fully under control. They're expecting you to be wanting them back. And that elevates their sense of superiority and establishes 100% steel-like control in their mind that they're the one that's wanted, you're the one that's in pain, black and white thinking, you're the loser, therefore they're the winner. So in the past with the relationships where they have denied, blame shifted and withdrawn and created their new life, the, the victim or the target of the narcissist has taken quite some time to recover, has possibly gone after the narcissist, begging them to come back or asking them for closure. So the narcissist kind of is familiar with the fallout from the action they've taken in leaving you in a split second out of left field, etc., and the cruelty of it. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What they're not expecting is you to recover in any quick length of time. And they are most definitely after the annihilation of your character and the grooming of you to literally become a part of them, to subjugate yourself to their authority and rule. That takes quite some time for you to recover your psyche, for you to recover your equilibrium, to recover your self-esteem and basically to figure out what the hell was that? What actually went down in that relationship to untangle the chaos of it and to learn about narcissism, to learn about NPD, the narcissistic personality disorder, and then to make sense of what actually happened. So with all that being said, what do they do when they do hear about your success? And particularly if your success comes a lot quicker than they would anticipate or expect. Let's get into it. Number one, they hear about this success and they're incredulous. They try to invalidate your success by critiquing it to the bearer, the messenger of this news, or if they've seen it on social media or heard, you know, read about it or whatever, to whoever is in the room or whoever is next in their presence, they will invalidate you and say, I don't believe a lot of that. I'd say a lot of that is total fabrication. 
I'd say they're doing that just to make themselves feel good. And the other side of that coin is that they'll actually take credit for it. So supposing maybe you started a business and you know, you're becoming successful at it and you're looking great and you're feeling great. They'll say, well, I set that up. I set that up. Nothing to do with her or him. I set that up. That's all down to me. And now they're milking it. I just can't believe it. It's absolutely disgraceful. Uh, they'll make a mess of it anyway. It's not going to last. That's how they try and regain control over that particular news and then go on their way unless somebody puts you in their face again where they have to do something else to gain control over that terrible news because that's not the way things are meant to go for the narcissist. Number two, they may actually attempt to hoover you if they really hear that you're doing well and then they, they know there's going to be some swan doulas or spandulas or whatever you'd like to call money, dosh, they may try and re-engage with you in the relationship to go for another two months, six months, a year, or however long it takes for them to benefit from your new good financial situation. So watch out for that one. Be very, very careful of a hoover when you start to be successful, it's it's nearly like clockwork, particularly if the narcissist has, say, spent six months with the new supply. That's usually their turnaround time when they start to criticize the new supply. And then if you pop up as, you know, this kind of commercial megastar or you happen to succeed in your make have a big break in your career well then you'll start to look pretty rosy to the narcissist again and all your faults will be understood the narcissist would be this good person who's prepared to give you another chance don't fall for that one whatever you do it's really it happens like clockwork number three um number three is this is very much like plagiarism copying somebody so the narcissist sees or hears that you're doing good and they get all puffed up and think oh, well i'm doing better of course they're doing better so what they'll do is they'll kind of launch their own personal pr campaign and they'll whack on social media they'll tell everyone you know that they know they'll put on polish the mask up shine it up and say well i'm doing better I'm very successful and I'm so happy with my new person and so glad to have gotten out of that relationship. So they literally try and do one better than you. Total, typical narcissistic behavior. Number four, be careful, of course, of this one again. This is a different type of Hoover. This is a Hoover that I call the revenge Hoover. They put a lot of effort into getting you back. And it may take some time because you may have been educated on this. You may be very successful at this stage and you may be pretty well recovered. So you're going to take a lot of work to get back. But remember, you're human. So the narcissist will put a lot of work in and will even say they're going to go to therapy, will even falsely take some of the blame and compromise and kowtow to the things you said, you know, that the narcissist, you know, could have improved on or was doing wrong towards the end of the relationship in the nicest possible way that you said it. 
they'll say, I think you may have a point. I think you may have a point. Um, and they'll do whatever you want them to do, putting a lot of effort into getting you back. When they finally, if they finally, please God, they don't break you and you say, I'll give this guy or gal another chance. They do seem to be very genuine. Maybe I was wrong about them being a narcissist. Maybe I should get off YouTube and you know what they're saying. And, you know, your brain actually wants you to think that what you're hearing on YouTube and your narcissistic awareness education, uh, this person isn't really, you know, they have a few traits, but I don't think they're really a narcissist. Well, that is, uh, that's like falling down the stairs. Be very, very, very careful because this is what I call a revenge hoover. Well, they put a lot of work into getting you back. They'll stay with you about a week or two weeks or three weeks, enough for you to have gotten re-emeshed with them. And then they are zoom off. So the whole focus of that was they could prove to themselves that they could get you back under control and that they could get back into your head and your heart and your psyche, which would destabilize your success. And you find yourself on the floor again, going through the same recovery process, albeit hopefully not as painful when you go back and understand, yes, they're a narcissist. It still takes time to recover and it will still put a dent in your success. So be very, very careful of that one. If a person has treated you in an abysmal way before and a lot of the light bulbs are going on, when you're learning about NPD, be very, very, very careful about taking a person of that ilk back. They've shown you who they are. Most people, most people with narcissistic traits like that don't really change. So that's the revenge hoover and that's a disgusting hoover and that's to destabilize you. Let's call it the destabilizing hoover. Number five, they continue when they hear that you've, you know, been very successful um, and they're processing it. Number five is they continue to warn people about you. They kind of say, you're a fake, you know, what you're saying isn't real. The product you're offering isn't real. Um, be very careful of that person. Don't get involved with them. Um, it's a con. They're a fake person. Their business is fake. So they go around and escalate the smear campaign. And the more people they invalidate you to or put you down, the better and more in control they feel of the situation. So they feel that they've dealt with that threat to the contr their control by hearing of your wonderful success, your wonderful success, even after what you've been through with this individual. So yeah, that's a form of regaining control, going around telling people that you're fake and not to have anything to do with you. Number six, number six is they will say that you, it's kind of like, I think it was number two, or number one, they'll take credit for what you are achieving and say that they set you up with that and that you've robbed their idea, you've robbed their business from them and that you're the victim, that they're the victim and that you're very abusive and that they're going to, you've stolen from them basically. And they're going to try to do your success down 
with that belief and they actually believe it. They actually tell themselves a story and they make that into reality just as their persona is fake, just as what they believe or who they believe they are, or who they get people to believe they are is fake. They can come up with an idea that appeases the sense of threat to their control and fully believe it. And that's the scary part because they're very good at convincing people that this is the truth because they actually believe it. They have to believe it. Their narcissism is set up to tell them a story that's not true. It's a fake reality, but they have to believe it so that the true self, wherever or the tiny part of it that still exists, doesn't get to learn, to personally grow or to take any accountability. So the true self is couched down and doesn't actually have an existence. This fake persona blocks any potential to personally grow from ever changing this soul within. Number seven is they actually will de try, attempt to derail your success by physically taking an action. So they will actually, I think we covered this in the podcast before, they'll actually report you um, or report your business totally, you know, totally falsely, or they'll attempt to make something bad happen for you so that the edge will be taken off your success. And that will be seen as a justified punishment that after all you've done to them, after all the problems you cause them, you do not deserve to be getting off so lightly and you need to be taken down a peg or two and they justify whatever they do to you in that moment by actually physically contacting someone, taking some type of action that's going to upset you or cause problems for your success or your continued success. And the very last thing I have down here, guys, is they, if it's too much for them, if it's too much in their face, they may do all of these other things or some of these other things, but they may want to get out of here. They may want to leave the state or they may want to leave the country. It's literally too much for them to face, particularly if you're all over the place. Maybe even you may be a little bit famous in your own community. They'll definitely withdraw. It's too much for them. It's too, each time they hear about you, it threatens their control. They have to take some action and it may be interfering with their personal next fake reality plan that they have put in place. It may be that they're with the new supply and the new supply is going, I thought you said um, he or she was mad. Like, I thought you said that they did this and they did that. Well, they're actually doing really well and they're actually, people say that they're really nice. So if that's way too much for the narcissist and it's interfering with the trajectory of their garnering and harvesting narcissistic supply from their new supply or their plan going forward, they will vazoomp and they'll be out of there. Their usual cowardly method of withdrawal. And that's that for the, this particular podcast in relation to how does the narcissist process your success post-discard. So guys, I said I promised that I'd mention 
we, we came up with this idea to have a support system for people that perhaps financially couldn't afford coaching or therapy and you're on here getting the education which is free which is great and there's a wide variety of channels that you can dip in and out of depending on your different stages of recovery um so what we've organized here is what's called the buddy support program and it's so simple you literally leave a comment saying you're looking for a buddy and this is somebody that you can email that you can email together or you can contact by phone, whichever way you choose and whichever feels safe to you. You leave um, in the comments, buddy request, just leave your time zone so that you may find it um, easier to contact each other if you're on similar or not too much different time zones. And you leave that in the comments. I would suggest make a new email, a separate email, you know, for your own security so that if you're exchanging emails, it's literally just for the buddy program. Now, a lot of times um, people will just leave a request and you'll see about five or six requests for buddies and maybe one response. So if you leave a request, also look at the other requests and answer one. You know, it's it works both ways. So I wish you every success with, with that. There has been reports. People have emailed me and said, yeah, I did make a friend out of this. We emailed each other, we supported each other. I was more ahead, they were more, you know, at the earlier stages or we were both going through the same thing at the same time. So I hope that you find someone that you can share your story with confidentially and support each other. And that is it for today. I have a little boy over there who's at the door with his teddy in his mouth, ready to go for a walk. So that is how we will proceed. Have a wonderful day and it's coming up to the weekend as we speak. So, oh, by the way, that buddy request is on YouTube. That's in the comments on YouTube for anyone viewing the podcast on a different forum. So bye for now. Um, look after yourselves. See you again soon.